All right, well, I got quiet. It must be time to start. All right. Well, we all appreciate the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be sure to tip her. And of course, you know, can't forget uh, the, the tireless fellows out there clearing the parking lot. Yeah. So tip them as well. So. All right, Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather in this place for getting us all here safely. And God, we just pray that you would meet with us in this place, that your word would come forth and minister to us as only uh, you can. God that our hearts would be open to receive what you have to say to us. <clears throat> God, that we would uh, hear what you're saying. Uh, God, that we would we would take heed, Lord God, but that we would hear what you're saying with an understanding ear, Lord God. God, that we would receive what you're saying as you're saying it, not not as uh, as our mind would take it, not as... Um, as the adversary would twist it, God, but exactly what you are saying. And we just we pray it and ask it in your name, God. We want nothing but truth, God. You're the teacher. And we're asking you to teach us today. In your precious, righteous name we ask it. Amen and amen. Okay, so let's go to Luke. Uh, I want to say 13, I think it is. That's what happens when you don't write stuff down. Yep, 13. You know, one of the great things about what God does is is He'll like bring you a word in church, and then sometimes it's subtle, and sometimes it's really obvious when He's testing it in you. And so, you know, last week, uh, one of the things that really stuck with me about what we talked about was God sending the messenger to get the fruit. Sometimes adversary or adversity is one of those messengers. And so, I kind of had this week from uh, Gehenna. <laughs> and uh, and I thought, ah, so the fruit is being gathered. It's like I, I'm I'm hoping it's good fruit. I was honestly like driving home really really late on Wednesday evening uh, from uh, from work, covered in dust and paint and stuff, thinking what has happened to me, and. Uh, and I was, but I was just driving down the road in this van that smelled of cigarette smoke and and uh, Mountain Dew, and like just thinking, God, I, I hope that I hope I'm bringing forth the right fruit here because this is awful. <laughs> so, um, so like I said, you know, God will test you on, or or He'll. He'll talk to you about something, and then you will go through it immediately. Sometimes, sometimes not immediately, but um, so I've been thinking all week about that sense of the fruit and, and God coming to gather it and, and uh, sending a messenger. And 
You know that that he wants that you want to bring forth the right fruit. Yeah. Um, you know we, I think I think we talked recently about uh, that scripture in Leviticus where we talked about the when you come into the land and you plant trees that for the first three years the fruit is uncircumcised and it's it's no good and then the fourth you you offer it to the Lord and after that then then you're good to go with it and. Uh, and it's interesting because God does do things in our life that seem to work just that way. Like we, we begin to bring forth fruit, but there's this fleshiness to it. And as time goes on, um, God brings us to better conclusions and, and works us through the things and cuts things off. And we make this little keening noise and, and he cuts more stuff off. And, and eventually we're bringing forth this fruit that's not polluted then with us. Just like the the whole idea of drinking out of a, a clean vessel. Now, we always had plastic cups because we had kids and we were cheap and and we started out with the whole early American poverty thing and it stuck with us for a really long time. And when you get married when you're a teenager it's like you know, you're making like entertainment centers out of like cinder blocks and plywood and, you know, and uh you know, washing uh chinette. But um, <laughs> um, you know, a few years ago, I decided that we were grown up enough to have glass drinking glasses, and um, I thought, wow, I never realized how many fingerprints you leave on these. <laughs> you know, I never realized how many lip prints you could leave on these. It's like, Ew-hoo. so nobody wants to drink out of a glass like that. You know, unless it's yours, but even then, it's like I'm gonna go get a new one. You know, so so that's what God does to us is he he as he gets rid of all that stuff that would leave fingerprints and smudges and smears on on the on the uh, the vessel, so that the people would actually want to drink out of it. Um, so you know, here in Luke 13. Um, you know, right before that, um, uh, he talks about at the end of Luke 12. He's he talks about um, um, you know basically being reconciled to to your accuser. Uh, you know, the it's kind of a it, he's basically rewording what he said in Matthew. Uh, five about um, you know agree with your adversary quickly while you're in the way with him, lest you get busted, and and uh, nobody wants that, and so he so he talks about that sense of uh, because he starts out I may as well just read it in uh, 1257 he says yea and why even of yourselves judge you not what is right that's an interesting statement um, you know and uh, I spent years when we weren't having church here just kind of doing whatever. Um, and I had this idea of, well, God didn't tell me I couldn't do it, so it must be okay, right? And uh, it's like, well, yeah, if he's so far ahead of you in the distance that he is a speck, then you're probably not going to be able to hear him if he tells you uh, that's a bad idea. So... Um, but he says, why do you not judge of yourself what's right? Um, and it's interesting because 
it's easy to make excuses as if, well, I don't know what that would be. And it's like, I just, I don't know if this is, I've talked to lots of people. It's like, well, I, I think that this is kind of what I was thinking, or I think this is kind of what was going on. And you just kind of stare at them. It's like, what do you mean you think that's what you thought? It's like, either you did or you didn't. You would know what, what you were thinking. I mean, I know the heart is a deceitful thing, but you know, when you get right down to it, you you know what your motives are, you know what your intentions are, and, uh, and to say that you don't is just an excuse. But uh, you know, last week uh, we were talking about how you know the the word is it's not far off, it's not over the sea or up in heaven where you can't get to it. You know, God put it in your heart and in your mouth, and and so. So we, we have this basis to judge what's right and what's not. Um, and of course, Paul told us that if we judge ourselves, then we don't have to be judged. We don't have to have, you know, nobody has to tell you that you have um, like a massive cowlick sticking up if you look in the mirror first and fix it before you leave the house. So, I like everybody's like, surreptitiously, unconsciously smoothing their cowlick. You know, it's funny because when Jeremy was little, everybody thought that we gave him like a mohawk in the back on purpose. And I was like, no, it just won't go down. And uh, uh, we were getting his hair cut once and uh, this lady was uh, was like, man, this is really cute now while he's like seven or eight or whatever. But he's like, he's going to hate that when he's in junior high. So here we are. Now he's in middle school, and yesterday he's like, "God, I hate it." He's like, "My hair won't lay down." It's like, "Poor kid, I feel you. I feel you. I've only got like the one cow. Like, if you look at the back of his head, they like swirl together, and they just kind of meet in this little crest. I think it's awesome, but I can understand him not liking it. Maybe he should just embrace it and do a mohawk. I don't know. I, I don't think that's a good idea, but. So anyway, it says, so why, why even of yourselves judge you not what is right? When you go to your adversary, with your adversary to the magistrate, as you're in the way, give diligence that you might be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge delivered thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. So if the word of God becomes adversarial to you because it's telling you you need to not do what you're doing, then... Uh, you, you want to get that straightened out right away, is what he's saying, of course. He says, I tell you, you should not depart from this until you've paid the very last mite. Um, so I just I think it's interesting that he he's saying that and then uh, immediately goes into this passage here. And there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. So we have this idea. We know better, but it's easy to slide into this superstitious idea that um, bad things happen because we're doing something bad, you know. Or like you've all heard the just hilarious stuff about like, oh, your neck hurts. That means God's telling you you're stiff-necked. 
like, you need to surrender. It's like, it's like you got plantar fasciitis. There's something wrong with your walk. It's like, it's like only a person could come up with that. <laughs> a person with far too much time on their hands. It's like, you know, I, I grew up hearing, you know, the, the uh, um, idle hands or the devil's workshop. It's like more like an idle brain. <laughs> so I come up with all kinds of stupidity. So, um, and so, you know, I like how he he says he's like Jesus is telling him he's like, do you think that the stuff happened to them because they were particularly bad? And he says, no, no, that that's that's not that's not what we're dealing with here. He he says that he 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 puts everybody in that boat of repenting or perishing, and uh, you probably know this, but. The word repent is a cool word because it doesn't mean sorry. We use it like sorry. Uh, whether we intend to or not. Um, and uh, what it actually means is to change one's mind. So to have a change of mind means I'm going to make a different choice then. I'm going to do something different next time. And that is one of the most basic building blocks of life, isn't it? When you're a kid and you touch something hot after your parents told you it was hot and you burn the heck out of yourself and it really hurt, you change your mind, don't you? It's like, it's like yes, that thing is shiny, also very hot. So, ow, don't touch. And so we, we learn that way as children. And then somehow that doesn't translate to us as Christians that we should make a different choice next time. Like I don't know if you guys remember those those old Sonic commercials where the guys like trying to eat the fries and they're too hot. I mean, because that you know I, I learned to just push past that because the hotter the food is, the better. I mean, the instant that you get your food, it is like bleeding taste units everywhere. So you got to eat it while it's still like frying hot. People call it Greg style, in fact. Um, it's almost like you know, before you know it, it'll be like an Instagram challenge. You know, can you eat this Greg style? You know? But anyway, um, but like the guy is like burns his hand. He's like ow, and then he immediately reaches for the meat. He's like ow. It's like we do that, and in life, and it's like you know. I remember, like, when I was a kid, had some weird ache or something because you know you do all kinds of weird stuff to yourself when you're a kid and it hurts. And I, I remember telling my dad, like, you know, it hurts when I do this, you know, whatever it might be. And he would always just look at me and say, well, then don't do that. And I always thought he was rather heartless, but now that I'm older, it's like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it's like, you know. Uh, it's probably, you know, you're seven. It's probably not like some kind of life-threatening illness, you know. So just don't do that and you won't have that problem. Life is like that. You know, obeying the Word of God is like that. It's like, man, I, so I, I didn't do the thing. I, I intentionally, willfully did what the Word of God says not to do. It hurt. It felt bad. And I, it was like, uh, it was like uh, you know running into a doorway that's too short. 
and and uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and so the idea of repenting then is I have changed my mind about the value of that thing, uh, or uh, my idea of that being something that I would like to do. And uh, so, you know, it's it's funny how consequence changes our idea of what we would do. Because uh, if you have a gluten allergy, uh, then, you know, you can only push that so far. And then it's like, okay, I have pushed that too far. Now I just wish I was dead. And, uh, and so there comes this point where it's like, you know what, I'm just not going to have any of that at all because that's horrible. It's not worth it. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we, we can learn to do it if the, if the price is bad enough. Yeah. So, um, and so that's, that's what God does in our life is he works us through things where, Okay, so I have changed my mind about that issue. Uh, but here's where I actually wanted to get to. That was all free, now, now that it's like 10.25. <clears throat> you guys are like, thank God. I think I can go on forever. Yeah, we used to always have these conversations at the office. It's like, so, uh, so what do you think about Sunday? Is it going to be like precious, precious, or is it going to be a precious beating? I'm like, oh, it's going to be a precious beating. So, uh, anyway, verse 6. And he spoke also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and he sought fruit thereon and found none. And he said to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said, Lord, let it alone this year until I shall dig about it and dung it, and if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then you shall cut it down. So, if you're just reading along, it almost seems like he just threw that out out of nowhere. Uh, but when you really pay attention to the context of why he's saying this, he's talking about this sense of um, having your mind changed and, and repenting and, and making a different decision about things. Um, and so... Uh, so he's talking about this tree that he went to go get fruit, and there was no fruit at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, you know, that's if, if if a tree is not bringing forth fruit, it must not really be there's something terribly wrong with it, or it's not a fruit tree at all. Mm-hmm. But he says this is a fig tree, so uh, it's not growing those little cookies or whatever they are, um, the Newton things. Um, those growing trees, right? Okay. I don't know what a fig looks like. I'm just so. anyway. Um, so, certain man had this fig tree, and it's not it's not bringing forth any fruit. And so he says to the the dresser of the vineyard that it's been three years that he's been looking for fruit on this tree, and and he's not finding anything. And so he said, let's just just get rid of the tree. It's taking up space. And this is kind of like the ministry here. It's like it's it's like when uh, Aaron makes the golden calf, and 
Um, and God is basically, long story short, like, get out of my way, Moses. I want to destroy them all. We'll start over again with you. And, uh, um, and, and so this, this, uh, the dresser of the vineyard here is, is like Moses. He's like, let it alone this year also. And, and we'll fertilize it and, and we'll do something with it. And we're going to work on this and, and see what we can do, um, to, to, to get it bearing fruit. And, and that's what the ministry does. It's like, God, you know, just, you know, we, they, there's so many things that I think the, the, the ministry prays us through while we're just kind of whistling in the dark yeah. and, um, and, and then brings that, that input. It's like, like the sense of fertilizing the tree. It like mm-hmm. keeps bringing that input from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, the thing about making right decisions is you want to make an informed decision. Uh, I, I talk to people all the time thinking, I really want to sell this job, but I should probably tell them this because this may change their decision about this, like whether it be when can we do it or how much is this actually going to cost or, or whatever. It's like I, I need to make sure that they're making an informed decision about it. And so um, <clears throat> the, the best information you could possibly make a decision on is what the Word of God says, yeah. and um, you know, if, you, if you've ever sat down and, and counseled with Ron, that's what he always does. He just points you back to the Word of God, points you back to the Word of God, uh, and uh, um, so that that because that really is where the answers lie. And sometimes we think, ah, no, I've heard this before. That's the same answer I got last time. Sometimes we go seeking. Uh, that counsel and input from the ministry, kind of like uh, Balak, hoping just maybe, maybe if I say it this way, maybe I'll get a different answer. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but, um, God knows better than that. And, um, so having that sense of, um, the, the Word of God informing that, that idea of, well, I'm going to change my mind to make a different decision because that's what the Word of God would tell me to do. And I had all these interesting experiences that, like that, like the uh, burning my hand on the nice shiny stove, that I'm not going to do that this next time around. Uh, so, so there is that sense of, of fruit, because when God comes to see what kind of fruit you're bringing forth, then you know, you, know, you don't want to bring forth like a, you know, an apple with like moldy, splotchy purple spots. So, um, and sometimes we do, and God works with us on that. So it's like, so here's how we get rid of the moldy purple spots. It's like, we're going to do this next time. And, uh, you know, people are... You know, it's just like dealing with children. How every kid is a bit different. Some, some, some people you can talk to them, and that's enough to affect a change. Some people require more pressure, and some people require a lot of pressure uh, in order to change. Um, and so, those are all okay. I mean, the the point is making the change, right? Uh, it's just, I don't know, I saw this movie once where these t- 
two like really stupid henchmen are uh, are trying. They're threatening this person, and one of them's like, "Should we do this the easy way or the hard way?" And he's talking to the person that they're getting ready to abuse, and the other henchman's like, oh, "I think we should do it the easy way, don't you?" <laughs> like, yeah, I like the easy way. I mean, who doesn't like the easy way? It's like you know, I don't know, like the wedding vows, where it's like, "For better, or for worse, for better, please." So, <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, so God, you know, he works with us on that. The, the great thing about the fruit coming out, uh, God sending somebody, sending his messengers to collect the fruit, is you get to see what it is. And just like the scripture was saying, you can judge. It's like, wow, this fruit is not so hot. Or, wow, this is pretty decent fruit here. Um, and if, you know, if you're not sure if God's happy with it or not, just ask him. So, and and compare it to you know the expectation that he's laid out for us. But but he he definitely knows how to work with you, and that's the great thing about what God does because he he talks to us so seriously about making right choices because it is an imperative thing. Um, uh, but. He also, sometimes, like I said, he knows you have to, some people need more pressure than others. And so, um, if, if you, you know, if you're worried about getting to that place of just, God's just done, then you'd have to, you, you couldn't possibly get there without doing it on purpose. Because you would have to walk past everything that God is telling you and willfully ignore it. And, and do do something else uh, over and over again, um, and take every uh, everything that God said and just toss it in the trash. So, if you're not doing that, then you've got nothing to worry about because God knows how to um, twist your arm far enough behind your back <laughs> to uh, to get you to say, Uncle. Or Lord, or, or whatever might he might be wanting you to say. So, Jesus, we thank you um, for your great faithfulness to us, God. And uh, what we want more than anything is to be pleasing to you, and to to have you look at our lives and say, "Well done." And and so, uh, everywhere that you would tell us to change our mind and make a different decision. Make a better decision next time. God, that's what we want to do. And God, I just pray that you would help us to see clearly those things that you're doing. God, sometimes we we just barrel through life without paying any attention, and 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 we we miss those um, those moments of of pain that should cause us to change our minds. And God, so I, what I pray is that you would just cause us all to take heed to the the way that we're going. Uh, God, to, to compare it to your word and, and to look to you. And God, today I just pray that in this place you would do exactly what you want to do, that you would meet every need, and that you would touch every heart. God, and that you would be glorified. God, we want to first and foremost uh, lift you up and glorify you in this place. God, as only you could do. God, just bind the flesh, the carnal mind. Bind every influence of Satan and every unclean thing that would dare to rear its ugly head in your presence. God, and let your spirit be loosed. 
uh, and do exactly what you want done in this place today. In your name we ask it. Amen. Amen.